Lord, this morning. We thank you, Heavenly Father, Lord God, for your goodness and your mercy and your loving kindness this morning. We thank you for watching over us, Lord God, all during the night, Heavenly Father, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for working us, Lord God, and blessing us, Lord God, to see another day that you have made. And this is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We are so Lord God, this morning. If you bless us, Lord God, with our health and our strength, Lord God, you clothe us in our right mind, and you bless us to be able to get up this morning, Lord God, and have a mind that stayed on you to be a part of this service, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you for all the wonderful things, Lord God, that you do for us and all the wonderful things that you've done in our lives. And we thank you for keeping us, Lord God, and sustaining us. Thank you for putting our enemies, Lord God, behind us, Lord God. And we want to thank you for the victory that we have in Jesus. And we thank you, Lord God, that we are victorious in every situation, every circumstances. You're the one who protects us, Lord God. You're the one who leads us and guides us, Lord God. And you speak to our hearts, Lord God. And yeah. we want to thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love and your compassion that you have for us and for all, Lord Jesus. There's no love greater than yours, Heavenly Father. You even gave your only begotten son for us to shed his precious blood for our sins. And we're so thankful that he rose on the third day and that he is, now he is at your right hand making intercession for us, Lord God. And we praise you this morning. And we want to thank you for the Holy Spirit. And we pray that the Holy Spirit will have his way, Lord God, this morning. And we pray that the Holy Spirit will move freely among us, Lord God. That the Holy Spirit, Lord God, will touch us this morning, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we won't leave the same way we came this morning, Heavenly Father. And we know that the child of the Lord is our strength, Heavenly Father, Lord God. For you are our shield, Lord God. You are our shield all around us. You are our glory and the one who will lift up our head high, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord Jesus. And you will be exalted above all the heavens, Heavenly Father. And there's no throne above your throne. For you are God Almighty, and beside you there's no other. And we worship you, and we praise your holy name. And we thank you, Lord God, for each and every one this morning that's here in the worship service, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, that we are blessed to have them here, Lord God, and those, Lord God, that may join us later, Heavenly Father. And we pray that everyone that needs to be here this morning will be here this morning to hear the word to go forth. And we know that your word is powerful, Lord God. And we thank you for the anointing upon the messenger this morning. And we thank you for the anointing upon our Reverend Robertson, Lord God, his bring your word, Heavenly Father, you will fill his mouth. And we thank you, Lord God, that your word will come to his remembrance and that the Holy Spirit will lead him and guide him, Heavenly Father. And we ask you, Lord God, continue, Lord God, to anoint him to teach and preach your word, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for filling him this morning, this, mo this morning, Heavenly Father. And we thank you, Lord God, for the boldness that you have given him, the wisdom that you have given him, Lord God. And we thank you for the strength that you have given him, Lord God. And we thank you for the peace that you have given them, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for the blessing upon every person that's here this morning. You thank you, Lord God, that you know what our needs are even before we ask you, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for opening up doors for us that needs to be opened. Thank you for blessing us with favor wherever we go, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord God, for peace and prosperity in our lives, Heavenly Father, Lord God. Thank you for healing in our bodies, Lord God. Thank you for protecting us from our enemies, Lord God. 
and we thank you, Lord God, for success in our lives, Heavenly Father, and we thank you for being the head of our life, Heavenly Father, Lord God, and we thank you for all that you do, Heavenly Father, and we bind up all attack of the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father. We bind up Satan attack this morning, Heavenly Father, against our health, against our families, against our jobs, Heavenly Father, Lord God, against our finances, Lord God. We bind him up this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. And we know, Lord Jesus, that he's already defeated, Heavenly Father. And we know, Lord God, that he will not be victorious over us, Lord God. For you will not allow the enemy, Lord God, to triumph over us, Lord God. For you are always by our side, Heavenly Father, Lord God. Your word said that the battle is not ours, it's yours, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we know, Lord God, that we are victorious, fearfully and wonderfully made by you, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Lord God, this morning. We thank you, Lord God, for the praise and worship service, Lord God. We thank you for the worship music, Lord God, this morning. And we thank you, Lord God, for everything, Lord God, that you're going to do here this morning. And we pray that everything we bring, I bring your honor and glory and praise. And we also pray that you continue to bless our pastor, Lord God, Pastor Frazier. And we ask you, Lord God, continue to bless everything that she does for you. Continue to lead her and guide her and speak to her heart, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, that she's the apple of your eye, Lord God. And we thank you for her faithfulness and her commitment, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for her devotion to you, Lord God, and all the work that you have called for her to do. And we glorify you and we praise you. We thank you for your protection. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. And we pray, Lord God, that you continue, Lord God, to bless and heal this nation. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say, Amen. 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 Always know that you can turn it over to him with yes. this, that everything will be all right. Amen. Amen. Thank <laughs> you. 
can help Sister Sabrina get in. I don't know if she ever did, Sabrina Gutierrez. And I don't. I just called her. She's on um, speakerphone on my phone so she can hear the service. Oh, okay. I don't know what happened. I sent the link out this morning. So. I'm not sure what it was happening either. <laughs> but anyway. She said, oh, yeah, she said, Mom, she's listening on Lisa's phone. So, <clears throat> we thank the Lord this morning. You know, the devil always try to play some tricks when it comes to church service and this uh, technology that we're using, but we're not going to let him steal from us the joy of the Lord, and we're not going to allow him to distract us from receiving the word this morning. And so, I just want us to prayerful, and uh, I, I want us to say something this morning, so repeat after me. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Manifest Holy yourself. Manifest yourself. To me this morning. To, to me this morning. In a way morning. I can understand. In a way in a that way I that can I understand. Speak through, the, speak through the man of God's mouth Speak through speak the man of God's mouth. And think through his mind. And speak through his mind. And let the word go forth in the power. Let the word go forth in the power. And demonstration. And demonstration. Of the Holy Spirit. Of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 All right. All right, Reverend. All right. So uh, uh, this morning, uh, I just want to say, Father God, uh, let the words from my mouth be acceptable in your sight. Father God, my heart, your spirit, my mouth. Your words, Father God, in my eyes with your vision. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. So, Amen. so this morning, you know that that these songs came along just on time. These songs that we listened to this morning was absolutely great. Uh, if y'all noticed during Deacon Dom's prayer, he also mentioned this battle is not yours. It's the Lord. So I have a scripture for y'all today that if you're going through anything, this scripture may help. If things are happening that's just way too big for you to handle, this scripture may help. If it's something going on in your life that is not of God, this scripture may help. Uh, this scripture is in 2 Chronicles 20 and 17. Second Chronicles 20 and 17 says, ye shall not need to fight this battle. I'm going to read that one more again. Ye shall not need to fight this battle. So I'm going to read the rest of that, but I want to tell you something. Every battle and everything that happens may not belong to you. Everything going on that you can't handle may not belong to you. Sometimes it's things going on in your life and you just don't know what to do. But in reality, you know what to do. You give it to the Lord because the battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. Ye need not to fight this battle. It's been so many things going on and I'm like, Lord, what can I do? What? Nothing. 
Give it to me. Give it to God, because if it's too big, then what can you do anyway? There's absolutely nothing you can do because ye shall not fight this battle. What you do is set yourself. Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed tomorrow. Go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. For the Lord will be with you. So whatever's going on in your life, if you trying to handle all these things yourself, well, then uh, back in Chicago, we had a place called Madden's. Madden was a crazy hospital because, see, that's what the problems of the world would try to get you. It would try to drive you crazy. And so there's places for like people who think they can do everything themselves. They don't need God. They can do everything themselves. So that's not my sermon today. But that scripture is just hitting me. The battle is not yours. It is the Lord's. Some of these things that are going on in your life that you just can't handle will stop trying to handle them. God is here. If you pray and you give God that situation and don't take it back, he may be able to help you with it. And by the way, I just got my uh, 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 COVID-19 test back, too. Thank God it was negative because, see, I gave it to God because, see, I'm in a building with all these people that don't care. Hundreds and hundreds of people that come in contact per day. So I was really scared when I went and took that test. But when I looked at it uh, uh, yesterday, it said negative, And I'm like, oh, to God be the glory. To God be the glory because ain't nothing I did but put on a mask and went in front of all these people. You always got to give God the glory. See, sometimes people say, and I'm going to get into my sermon, but I just got to spread the news. Sometimes people say that uh, when I get this, I'm going to praise God. When I get into this new house, I'm going to praise God. When I get paid Friday, I'm going to praise God. No, you need to praise God and give him the glory in the situation that you in right now. Whatever situation you may be in may not look good to you, but God put you in that situation so he can watch you grow. So it may not look good right now, but if you give God the glory now, then you get to go to other places and give God the glory. But we all got to start somewhere. You give God glory for where you at today, whether you like it or not, whether you like it or not, because if you got a roof over your head, if you got some type of income, you got to think that some people don't. You need to give God the glory for what you have right now today. I give God the glory for the situation I'm in right now because God has made me so much stronger. So when I go to work and I have to deal with those people, I'm stronger because I'm giving God his glory. See, God will give you victory. And all he wants is one thing. For you to give him the glory, not take the glory yourself, not say this is what I did. I did this. I did that because in reality, you didn't. God will give you the victory and all he wants is you to give him the glory. Can I hear a man out there? So what I'm coming out of today is one of my favorites, and I'm going to say it the way it was given to me. I'm going to read it, but we're coming out of Judges today. We're going to start at Judges 6 and 8. 
Because when we read the story of Judges, it, it, it just relates to what I just said. The battle is the Lord's and not yours. So Judges 6 and 8 starts off like this. It says, and Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. One more again. Six uh, judges, I'm sorry, Judges 6 and 6 says, And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. So this was something that was going on back in the day with Israel. So what they did, the children of Israel, God would bring them out. We know the story of Moses and how he delivered them from Egypt. But when he went up into the mountain, to the hills, they built a god of uh, uh, stone, gold, or whatever they had. So they turned their back on the Lord. So this is a recurring and repeating thing in Judges. I'm going to talk a little bit about Judges, but some of this I want you to read on your own. So the Israelites would get saved by God. Then they would forget about God. Then they would go back and God wouldn't punish them, but God would allow the people around them, the enemy to come in and take them over. And this is what happened at this particular time that we're talking about in Judges 6. See, what happened in Judges was a repeating and repeating and repeating things that the Israelites did. So I don't know if this is going to work, but I just want to show you something here. If you can see that screen. See, what the Israelites did was an endless cycle. They did it over and over again. And it's easy as ABC. And this is what I mean. So the first word uh, there is apocrypha. Apocrisy is abandoning a previous loyalty, turning your back on what you believe in. So the Israelites believed in God. God had brought them out of many of times, of many of days, but the surrounding countries were serving some other God named Baca, Baal, whatever his name was. They were serving another God and the Israelites say, well, they're serving another God. Let us serve another God. Apocrisy. But what that led to was bondage. As a result, they would go into bondage because they turned their back on the God who brought them and gave them things. So they went into bondage and they would suffer from the decisions that they made. This is a recurring Re endless cycle that you will see in the book of Judges, which I hope everybody go back to read. And so after they were in bondage and, and, and enslaved, they would do something else, which is see, they would cry out. They would start crying out to God. And most and each and every time we go to D because God would deliver them deliverance. And for a certain time, they would have E they would have ease. So the reason why I wanted to say that because this was an endless cycle in the book of Judges. It happened over and over and over again. So God didn't make kings uh, out of these people. He just made them judges. And so you'll read that on your own. So what it goes on to say, and I hope that made sense to everybody because, you know, it made a lot of sense to me because it was the endless cycle that the Israelites did. 
And it goes on to say, and it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children's, uh, children of Israel, which said unto them, thus said the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of of bondage. And I delivered you out of the, the hands of the Egyptians and out of the hands of the that oppressed you. And then out of them before you and gave you their land. What God had did many a times when the Israelite cried out, and I'm going to tell you this, and you cannot find this nowhere where the Israelite repented they didn't repent. They only cried out to God because they were in bondage. They didn't even repent. It, it says that nowhere as I read the book of Judges. They didn't repent. They cried out to God because they were in bondage. The Midianites, the Amorites, and all these people had came and taken over. I mean, the Midianites did them so bad that they didn't live. They lived in cages. The Midianites used to come through and take Every single thing they had, their wheat, their wine, their wives, their children's every year, they would come in and take everything. And only because not because God was punishing them, because God allows you to do what you want to do. They wanted to, to worship another God and, and God said, OK, that's what you want to do. After I've done all of this for you, then you go right ahead. But what happened is happening. So it goes on to say here, and I delivered you out of the hands of Egypt and out of the hands of all that oppress you and drove them from before you and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord, your God, fear not the God of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. So in other words, I'm going to help you, but I'm going to let you know something. I have did all of this for you and you still haven't obeyed my voice. It goes on to say, and then there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was in Ophrin and that pertained unto Joshua and Amorzite and his son Gideon thrust wheat behind the wine press to hide for, from the Midians. So number one, Gideon was uh, just a, a farmer and he was hiding and threshing wheat so he can have food for his family and he was hiding it from the Midianites because they took everything that they would make or grow or whatever. And he was behind a wine press. What a wine press was is the wine would be, the grapes would be there and cows would walk through and squish the grapes and it would go down into the wine press. And this is what Gideon was hiding. And it said, and it goes on to say, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with thee. And Gideon said unto him, I'm going on from 12. Okay, I'm getting above myself here. Y'all bear with me. So uh, I'm going to go back to 11. And these came, and there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which is in Ophrah, the, that pertained unto Josh, Joash and the Amazite and his son Gideon, 
thrust wheat by the wine press to hide it from the uh, the Midianites. And the angels of the Lord appeared to him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thy mighty man of valor. Thy mighty man of valor is the point I wanted to make because he was just a... See, Gideon was just a uh, a common man. But God was about to give him an uncommon purpose. So the reason why I want to state that because uh, we may not think we all that, but sometimes it ain't even what we think is definitely not what other people think. But sometimes it ain't even what we think. Sometimes we belittle ourselves. Sometimes we don't think who we actually are, a child of the high God. We don't think that we're valuable, but God made us. And like I said before, he made us fearfully and he made us wonderfully. And so we have to remember that. So as he was saying to uh, uh, um, to Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is why then is all that befallen us? And where's the miracles which our our fathers told us of saying? So what's cool about this verse, it, it leads me to something. And this is also in Judges 2 also. So y'all really need to read Judges. And so after God told him, the angel of the Lord told him, you are a mighty man of valor. Of course, he didn't think so because he was a simple farmer. And it's said in 13, 6 and 13, and Gideon said unto him, oh, my Lord, if the Lord it be with us. See, we question the Lord sometime when we shouldn't because see what Gideon forgot. So let me go back a little bit on this story. They had been in bondage from the Midianites for seven years. But what Gideon forgot was what happened 40 years before then. See, it was a lady. See, when pastor said about uh, women speaking every fifth Sunday, well, let me tell you something. If you look in the book of Judges, God had a judge. Her name was Deborah. Her name was Deborah. And when she spoke the word of God, she she was God's prophet, Deborah, way before they was talking about women preaching every fifth Sunday. OK, see, I get upset with that because uh, I've been under so many men preachers over the years. And, you know, and I'm not going to even go there. But what I'm going to say, this woman Deborah was a strong, mighty woman, God's prophet and God's judge. And when she got through, when she got through, the Israelites was not in bondage for 40 years. So you don't hear about that too often. You don't. This is why I want y'all to go back and check out Judges. OK, and read about Deborah, which you don't hear about that often. OK. 40 years that they were not in bondage. But here Gideon is saying that, where have you been? But what he forgot that they had only been in bondage for seven years with the Midianites. So I'm going to go on because I get excited about that type stuff. And I'm not going to read from the uh, 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 scripture. I'm just going to tell it to you. So here's the deal. Gideon did not think 
that he was the man, even though God told him he was the man. And I do want to read one more scripture. I'll take that back. And, and uh, let's go to, uh, let's see here. Because Gideon did not think he was the one to actually uh, uh, be able to pull the Israelites out of bondage. So uh, I didn't write it all down because this is one of my favorites. And for some reason, I didn't feel like I needed to write it down. Oh, but let's read uh, 6 and 15. Then I'm going to go from there. And he said unto him, oh, my Lord. Wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor, and I am the least in my father's house. So what he was telling the angel of God is that I can't be the one that pulled them out of uh, uh, Israel. I can't free them because, hey, my family is the least, and I'm the least of my family. How can I be the one? But remember, God had called him the mighty man of valor. So God can do things that other people just won't believe, that won't believe. Like, I don't believe that I'm able to bring the word right now. I never believed I could bring the word. But see, God has a plan and God has a purpose. So how do you do drugs for over 30 some years and then become a man of God? That's because God had had that plan all along. I didn't believe the plan. So God has that plan for you, but you have to believe that you are somebody. You have to believe that you are something because people will lead you to believe that you less than what God said you are. God makes the plan, not people. If you listen to people, then you will go backwards. But if you listen to God, God will let you know things. So you may say, well, God doesn't talk to me. You may think that, but God was talking to me this morning because when you have a sermon and then the person who prays said the battle's not yours, it's the Lord. Then the pastor talk about every fifth Sunday and I already had Deborah on my mind. Then that is the Lord telling you, OK, go ahead. Do what I told you to do. I hope y'all follow him here because sometimes I get way off the subject, but it is what it is, you know. So let's go back into Gideon. So here's the deal. So the angel of the Lord finally convinced Gideon that, no, God sent me after a couple of tests that, that Gideon asked for. And you're going to find all of this in the book of Judges under six for Gideon, but I do want you to read about Deborah, and I'm going to talk more about her. Matter of fact, my next sermon is going to be about Deborah because people do not understand the women of the Bible, and men didn't understand that as we've been going on in society, and that's why the pastor was telling you about the fifth Sunday because they didn't understand. They didn't understand. It was many women in the Bible. We talk about Ruth. We talk about uh, 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 Deborah. We talk about uh, uh, Mary. We talk many, many, but you didn't hear about it that often. You didn't hear about it that often. But anyway, so Gideon decided that, okay, uh, uh, yeah, maybe I am the one. So what happened is he didn't believe that people would follow him. But all of a sudden, he's got 5,000 people that pops up from the northeast, west, and south. They've just popped up everywhere to help him to fight against this mighty army of the Midianites who has been ravishing them for years.
But the angel of the Lord told him something. The angel of the Lord said, those are too many people. Those are too many people. And Gideon was like, whoa, the army of the Midianites is big. Don't we need 5,000 people? But the angel of the Lord said, no, that's too many people. So Gideon said, who's ever scared and who's ever afraid, go home. So about 2,000 people went home or more went home because they were scared. And so it was a smart move because do you want to go to war with a bunch of scared people? You don't want to go to war with a bunch of scared people. See, people are like this. If somebody's running, if somebody's running, sometimes you don't even turn around and look what they're running for. If a bunch of people are running, you turn around and run with them. So you don't want to go to war with a bunch of scared people. So after all those people went home, the angel of the Lord said, it's still too many. So that confused Gideon. And Gideon was like, but they have a big army, the Midianites. But it still was too many. And I'm going to get to the point in a minute. So what they did, they was like, okay, well, we're about to go to the water. We're going to be up by the water in a minute. And so what I want you to do for all the people who drink out of their hands, who scoop the water up and drink out of their hands, those are the ones we'll keep. But the ones who bend down and drink and lap like a dog, we won't keep them. We won't keep them. And you can read this in Judges. I'm just telling you the way I, I just know it because this is one of my favorite stories. So when they got there and they did that, only 300, 300 drunk out of their hands and he sent the rest home. So he's got 300 people and he needs to go against this mighty army. But see, what he still did not realize at that particular time, it wasn't just 300 people. It was 300 plus one, one mighty one. And that was the Lord. See, this battle that I'm telling y'all about was not Gideon's. The battle was not Gideon's. It was the Lord's. It was the Lord's. So to end this part, what they did was they put a hundred here, they put a hundred here, and they put a hundred there, and they surrounded the Midianites' camp. All they had was torches, glass pitchers, and a horn. And a horn. So when they were surrounded, the first hundred dropped the glass pitchers, blew the horn, and said, by, the, by, by God and by the sword of Gideon. And they dropped it all around that camp. And the Midianites went crazy because all they heard was the broken glass. They saw the fire and they heard the horn and saying by the sword of Gideon and the Lord. They started running to each other. They didn't know what was happening. Thousands of men killed themselves right then. 300 men, thousands of the Midianites killed themselves. 300 men glass pitchers, a torch, and a horn. So the reason why I'm saying it like that because the battle wasn't his. The battle was the Lord's. See, if they would have went in there, check this move, with 5,000 men, 5,000 men, that's a lot of men, they would have went in there and destroyed the many a night. See, they would have thought they got it. They would have thought that they did it. But when it was only 300, some pitchers and some fire and a horn, see, that was God. 
that was God. God will give you the victory. You don't have to have a whole lot. You don't have to have anything but God. He will give you the victory. But all he wants is you to give him the glory. All he wants is the glory and he will give you the victory. So when you go to work tomorrow, whatever you do, whatever you got, give God the glory. If you want the victory, give him the glory. So it was a, a bunch of stories like that in Judges. And you got to read the book of Judges, man. The book of Judges is like, uh, um, you know, they weren't king. I got to tell you, Gideon went on and his people fought. Uh, other wars and uh, and other things with against the Midianites, but it took Gideon a while before he realized. See, they wanted to make Gideon king of Israel. They wanted to make him king, but it struck him, you know. And this is the way the story came to me when he was supposed to kill the kings of the Midianites. He couldn't kill them because Gideon was not a killer. Gideon was not a killer. He was good on talking and commanding, but a killer he wasn't. And he couldn't kill the kings of the Midianites. He gave his sword to his son and asked his son to kill the kings. So he couldn't do it. And they was like, well, anyway, all hell, Gideon, you will be the king. Your son would be kings. And Gideon, it hit him then. And this was much after that great victory that the Lord had gave them. It hit him then. And he told them, no, I'm a simple farmer. And God used 300 of us simple people, a common men, to do uncommon things. He used 300 of us to defeat the Midianites. I am not your king. God is your king. God is your king. So the more to my story is that whatever's going on in your life, whatever's happening in your world right now, if you would just sit back in the cut and relax yourself and praise God and give God the glory. Remember, the battle is not yours, but the battle is the Lord's. You cannot win. I'm telling you, I don't care who you think you are. It's some things out there much bigger much bigger that we just cannot keep on trying to fight. The battle is not ours. The battle is the Lord's. So I want to go back to one more thing before I end. And I want to go back to Second Chronicles 20 and 17. And I want you to remember this, especially that first line. Ye shall not need to fight this battle. See, I had something going on in work. And I mentioned it in our prayers. You know, y'all got to get to prayer because I'm going to tell y'all something. We need prayer right now. We need prayer. Everybody think everything's getting better. The pandemic is slowing down. I'm sorry, y'all. It's still bad out there. We need to come together in prayer. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 7 o'clock. You know, make one day. We all got something to pray about. We all need to give something to God. I know we pray on our own, but I mean, it just won't hurt to for us to gather together. 
you know, because the prayers of the righteous avail us much. But anyway, I ain't going to go there. So I had some issues at work. I have some issues at home and we all have issues. But what I realized is, is some of those issues, I can't do nothing about it. I, I have no power over it. So I have to turn it over to the Lord. The battle is not mine. The battle is the Lord. That's why uh, Pastor and Deacon and Sabrina, y'all haven't heard me talk about that situation with the person at work. I gave that up to the Lord. I gave that to God. You're not going to hear me talk about situations. I'm giving that all to God. But the thing that the difference is this time, Pastor, this time, Deacon, I'm going to let the Lord keep it. I ain't going to take it back. And that's what we have to do. So whatever you do, wherever you at, give God the glory and he will give you the victory. Amen. Amen. All right, Pastor, I'll turn it back over to you. Praise God. Well, we thank the Lord for uh, reminding us about Gideon this morning. And, and the one uh, thing that I want to add is that Gideon was obedient. Because when God said, you got too many people, then he listened to what God said. And I think that that is just as, uh, a real good example of how we need to listen to the Lord when he says to us, you're doing too much. You got things going on that shouldn't be. <laughs> and uh, so I thank God for Reverend bringing that to our attention this morning.